0: You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Powercat podcast. Now, here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Welcome to the PowerCat Insiders podcast, your Monday afternoon treat all sports season. We gather, well, we don't really gather anymore. We meet via Zoom so that I don't have to be around Matt Walters, and we talk K-State sports. In this case, we're talking about Kansas State's opening football game against Arkansas State. The Wildcats did lose 35-31, as you well know, and we will kind of break that down. What went wrong? What went right? If there was any of that, and we're going to have some fun with it. Tim Fitzgerald, publisher of GoPowerCat.com, and joining me Via the internet is Matt Walters of the K-State Radio Network. There's a fancier name, I know Matt, but that's what you are. Uh, He was on the field, stuck in a corner like he should be on Saturday, but he had a different angle than we would. And Travis Tannehill, a man of many things, including being part of the pregame show for Kansas State football. They are this week's insiders. We'll be joined by Ryan Black later on, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. He's... uh, He's missing, honestly. So if you see Ryan Black, please point him in our direction. Uh, the Internet is tough to navigate. He probably got lost. We are sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Does your company or your employer spend 4000 or more a year on energy bills? Would you like to reduce those costs by 25% or more and maintain the same level of service and reliability? If so, it's time to speak with Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Gentlemen, welcome. And I wish uh, we had a better topic uh, than uh, that 35-31 stinker. Matt, you were just talking about it a little bit before we got started. How odd was the environment on Saturday with limited fans and you kind of being stuck in a corner as a sideline reporter?
2: I would Kind of like Bill Belichick's response yesterday after the Patriots game where he said he was asked if he'd ever seen anything like it. And his one-word response was practice. It wasn't like practice, but it reminded me of a spring game um, setup with the fans being spread out. There wasn't, you know, there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm. Just with everything mixed in the fact that the Cats didn't play all that well, I I think led to that. It was just uh, an odd environment. I found myself thinking about and looking for different things than usual. uh, I was pretty much at the back of the end zones. And usually the only time I'm in the end zones is when a game winning field goal is uh, about to be attempted. So uh, it was, it was an odd environment. It was a beautiful day. I mean, thankful, thankful for the weather, but, uh, it was was a difficult football game to watch and, you know, we'll get into that here over the next
1: 40 minutes or so. Travis is a former player and one of our analysts at Go Power Cat. Did you just kind of watch that game and from the very beginning, couldn't help yourself, but wince a little bit at some of the problems K-State was going through?
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of the reiterate kind of just what Matt said. I mean, it just felt, yeah, spring game is probably the best analogy or the best comparison I've seen. I mean, yeah, it was definitely more than practice, but The energy level seemed pretty high once those guys got out there, but then, you know, it kind of dropped off relatively quickly. Um, And so, yeah, it was just an an odd atmosphere and odd energy from the players, odd energy from the fan section and the student section. So it was just kind of a, a weird way to play football. But unfortunately, I mean, that's how the rest of the season is going to be. So these guys better figure out how to how to bring that energy and bring that emotion because I don't think anything's going to be changing for home games or away games in the, in the for the rest of the 2020 season. So they got to figure out a way to play better, play with more emotion, um, and just play more crisp football. Because what they put out there on Saturday was not uh, was not their best foot forward. So,
1: guys, heading into this game, I was mildly concerned about the offensive line. I I know the challenges have been significant. I know it's very difficult. Uh, what they've gone through in trying to rebuild an offensive line. But I got to admit, it was a little bit worse than I imagined. And I think it was compounded by the fact that Noah Johnson goes down on snap number three of the game, which, I mean, when you've got an inexperienced line, but you have a, a, a leader at center that the guys respect, even if he doesn't have a lot of experience, it impacts you tremendously still. Uh, they couldn't pass protect they couldn't run block Matt, this is a problem and and luckily, they have an extra week here to try to get it fixed, but i don 't know if there's an easy easy solution to this
2: yeah i don't know that there's an easy solution other than next man up, and there are a number of guys that have to get better and they've got to get better right now um, you know i was I was concerned after Noah went out you know then he did come back in and played a little bit of right guard, but um it, it's concerning for me because of what looks to be not just the right arm. And I don't, I don't know this for sure, but it just appeared to me that maybe it's a right elbow injury. The contraption that they had him in was similar to, you know, what you would see maybe a few years ago after, you know, like a knee procedure where you can only bend your knees so far. Um, And, you know, he played right guard a couple series, and and then we didn't see him the rest of the day. What I think that says is, okay, K-State's played one game, and if you're wondering, the value of Noah Johnson is sky high. The fact that a redshirt freshman who's your center goes out right away um, and then, you know, things don't go very well after that, that tells you something about the progress that he had made. Um, he's boy, you hope he's back for Oklahoma, but you know, I, if I remember the number from Saturday, once he went outfits and, and Travis, I started counting the schnor- the short, the short snaps. And if you combine the short snaps from Adler and the, the rocket that Aiden Gillum fired by um, Skyler Thompson. I believe there were six snaps that were Aaron and that can throw the timing off right away. And that's something that you know Travis can talk about. But uh, that, that's not good for Kansas State. They had difficulty, um, as you said, run blocking, pass blocking. And I don't want to say it's going to be that way all year because it, it's not. Those guys are going to get better. They just they're not seasoned. That's something to watch, though, because everybody knew it going in, and Connor Riley's got his work cut out for him, and Skyler Thompson and the running backs, they all they all have to do their part to make that offensive line better, in my opinion.
1: I'm going to be blunt here, Travis. I'm not sure Kansas State has a offensive tackle ready to play the Big 12 level, and that's concerning because that could impact your old position, tight end, because now the viable throwing option of tight end suddenly they have to stay in a little bit more to help out. Um, stop me if this is causing nightmares for you, but this is a major problem.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Really, I mean, <clears throat> that's the weird part about that offensive line is, is, you know, last year they had a lot of experience and and they still struggled last year at times, and then now this year they have very little experience and. And I'm with you. I, the offensive line is and was my biggest worry going into this uh, going into this season. Um, and what, just real quick, touching on Noah Johnson again, it really it kind of reminds me of like a BJ Finney. He started he started as a freshman. Uh, his freshman year, he had some major major struggles as a freshman, and you know just people don't realize how important that center position is. That's everything comes from that center and moves outwards. And so it's easy for me as a tight end, you know, I'm the third, fourth guy making a decision where, where that center, if he, if he makes an incorrect call, um, you know, the play doesn't really have a chance. So uh, that offensive line really along the whole entire front needs to improve with coach Riley there. Um, Cause like you mentioned, you know, we saw, you know, we saw some impressive, uh, potential from the tight ends with with Briley and uh, some of the fullbacks and running backs. It did did some nice things, but yeah, if if our running backs and our tight ends are having to stay in the whole entire game to help out these offensive tackles, then um, you know, our wide receivers better be really good because they're going to have to win on, you know, they're gonna have to win a lot uh, when they don't have favorable numbers in the passing game.
1: Now let's talk about something fun. Deuce Vaughn. Oh my gosh. Did you get some flashbacks there? Matt, the way he's so shifty, and he kind of just disappears and pops out, and he jump cut at one point—that um, he's fun to watch. I, I could speak a long time, but what'd you see from him?
2: I'm not going to call him Dee Sprouls yet, <laughs> but obviously, that's the guy that he reminds you of. He—he's just—he's so shifty. And the thing that jumped out to me most about him was really after the game, <clears throat> getting to talk with him. He's—he's he's very football savvy. He's smart. We talked about his pass blocking before we went on the air in post game and, and he knows that's the area he's got to get you know he's got to get better at he's got to make the most improvement there he's only about 170 pounds right now he wants to get to 180 um, he, he understands the game he's got the ability to make moves that most humans can't and he's going to be tremendous you know keep all things being equal keep the injury bug out of it he's going to make a lasting impact on this football program. And what I really look forward to seeing from him is not just those spinning jukes and making guys miss. I mean, he, he, he broke a couple ankles on Saturday, but how does Kansas state use him in the passing game? Because I think there is a real opportunity to use him uh, as the season goes along, as the, as we get deeper into the year, as the years go along, You know, on Saturday, he was down with three or four wide receivers. And I thought he might, you know, he might see the football a little bit more there. But, again, he's as green as grass. He's just getting started. His impact, though, is going to be a lasting one in the Little Apple.
1: And, Travis, the best news is this season doesn't count. I mean, he's going to be – can be a freshman again next year. This is all, like, bonus. This is amazing for a kid like that to get up to 10 free games – or 11 if they actually have bowl games – just by playing. I mean, it's it's incredible an opportunity for guys like this.
0: Yeah, when you look at just – I mean, just live snaps. I mean, as we saw, practice is one thing, but there's nothing – you can't – it's really, really difficult, if not impossible, to duplicate live, uh, live game snaps where he, he was able to get, you know, um, a handful of snaps this last game. And, I mean, I just remember back to my playing days. I mean, from, you know, a freshman I would – I don't know, get maybe 10 snaps a game and double tight situation. And then a sophomore, I was starting and as a sophomore, you know, I didn't know what was going on half the time. And I was just trying to, uh, you know, keep my shoelaces tied. And then by the time you get that whole first season under your belt, by the time you're a junior or a senior, you know, you feel pretty confident. And, um, you know, you're starting to get into the more intricacies of football and, uh, you're playing smarter and faster and all that fun stuff. And you're really able to play to your full potential. So yeah, look for this year. Um, he's, he's kind of, drinking water out of, out of a fire hose. Uh, but as you know, towards the tail end of the season and moving into next year, uh, you know, these reps are invaluable for him. Um, uh, he's going to be a really special player. Like you mentioned, you know, keep the injury bug out of him. Uh, he should be a real special player for a lot of years to come.
2: He said his nervousness level is his butterflies were, uh, about an eight on snap number one. And then within a couple of snaps, they were down to a four, which says a lot. Uh, they could have stayed and it ain't the entire game. But what what stands out to me about this young man is just wait till he gets that experience under his belt. You know, along with gaining weight and improving his pass blocking, he said, I just, I need the game to slow down. And I think he is a player, and it's not the same for everybody. Uh, he is a player where I really think because of his pedigree, and his background, and how much he has been involved in this game since he was uh, shorter than five five, he is going to have the game slow down for him much much earlier than your typical player, and that is going to that is going to be exponential uh, in terms of his progress and his growth as a running back.
1: Uh, an important update here: Ryan Black is stuck in a meeting. He claims it's about work. I think it's about NASCAR. I think he's in a, a special NASCAR. We'll
2: give, we'll give catfish the benefit of the doubt.
1: Yep. Okay. So he will join us next week, uh, and hopefully, we'll have a catfish update.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm just watching
1: Deuce Vaughn is fun. I mean, and you could see, uh, boy, he tried to throw a, a you know a cut block on a defensive end in the game that just didn't go well. Uh, but that it, that gets right to your point. The game needs to slow down for him. He seemed in a hurry to do that, and the defensive end completely read what he was up to and stepped around him. Uh, but he's going to get better about that. Uh, and always pass blocking is going to be a challenge for him. Dee Sproles overcame it. He learned how to get up underneath guys. Uh, but the one thing he doesn't have that Dee Sproles has was the sheer leg strength. That was just so incredible, and maybe that develops as he ages. But uh, yeah, that that can help you a lot in that blocking because you can get up underneath those guys' pads and just be a pest. Another-
2: I know Travis Tannehill like a guy like that coming up. You know, under me if Travis was a you know a defensive end or something, and you know you just you have to learn where to hit him, how to hit him, and and, and when to get out of the way, but. Again, I just think by what he talked about after the game, he's just he's got to get a little bit stronger. And really, he's, he looks strong right now for his size. He's just a little fella. I mean, the only guy on the team shorter than he is is Blake Lynch. Um, so, I'm excited. I can't wait to watch this young man grow in purple.
1: Another freshman, Travis, that saw two snaps. Will Howard, he got thrown into the meat grinder with a quarterback run that just got blown up. He had no chance. Um, But then a really nice throw down the middle of the field, and it's like, here's a little teaser of what I can do. Okay, I'm going out of the game. We need Skyler as a team. They need Skyler really to lock in and improve and and play better than he did on Saturday. But, boy, that little glimpse of Will Howard was like, oh, yeah, I can see it now. It it was kind of fun.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just proves – I mean, there are some, there were some bright things that came out of that game on Saturday, and uh, Deuce is one of them. You know, being getting a little bit of a glimpse of Will Howard, and that's what I mean. One building depth at all positions, especially the quarterback position, is never a bad thing. Um, if Skyler tests positive on a COVID test, or um, or even you know just gets hurt like quarterbacks do a lot of the times, um, it'll be nice to have a young kid who has some snaps. And I mean, the the physical potential is there for Will Howard. Um, I mean, he's a guy that's. You know, got the arm strength and has the athleticism to be the quarter, the, the quarterback at Kansas State for uh, for the future. Once once Skyler's out of here, so it's nice to see him get some reps. But kind of what we just talked about with Deuce, I mean, I'm sure that game's going a million miles an hour for Will Howard right now, especially at the quarterback position. So um, even if Skyler struggles, you know, as a fan base, I mean, don't don't expect to be seeing Will Howard in there. Yeah. I mean, this is Skyler's team. Uh, Skyler's proven and earned that spot, and Skyler's a better quarterback than Will Howard is right now. Uh, So, but moving forward and if Skylar goes down, we've got a pretty good backup in there uh, to be able to handle the reins. If, if called upon.
2: What I'm still trying to figure out fellas is how Skylar Thompson got up from that hit. I mean, I, I, that to me, that goes to the strength and conditioning that these guys go through, because I don't know how his neck didn't snap. Um, and it, and on a different note, when Wayne Jones lowered his head and laid motionless on his stomach, I mean, I was I was scared like crazy because you could see it coming. But uh, you know, they came out of that game a little dinged up. But I, I'm still I'm still puzzled how Skyler got up and was still able to play after after that. Now that was the hit that kind of messed him up, and it would any normal human being. But. Wow, wait, that one was uh, that his his cage still has to be a little bit rattled. Yeah. Forty eight hours later,
1: yeah, that was uh, not a graceful fall. I mean, landing with all your weight on the top of your head that's just that's just kind of a freak thing that happened in that game. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm not sure Skylar was the same after that. He's admitted afterwards he was pretty rattled, but I think it did impact his play. Hey, uh, we've got a tight end on the call. Let us just let me ask him about Briley Moore. What do you think of the new tight end?
0: Shoot, I mean, he's fun to watch. He looks like a tight end running out there, which uh, which is which is good to see. I mean, I know we've had some big guys who have been big blockers, and we've had some um, you know some little guys that that you know were basically fullbacks or, or large wide receivers. But I mean, he's big, he's fast, he can he can run good routes. He caught the ball well uh, with six catches. So it's really nice to see an offense and a coaching staff, prioritize getting the ball to tight end. And that was probably always my biggest frustration. I mean, one, we won a lot of games, so I'm not ever going to complain. But, I mean, you just got to use the tight end. No. Do you want Tyler Lockett having the football in their hands or Travis Tannehill with their football in the hands? Like, of course, we all want Tyler Lockett with the ball in his hands. But throwing the ball to the tight end for a 5, 12-yard gain every – once in a while, keeps everyone else, keeps that defense honest. So uh, using those tight ends to their advantage, using those fullbacks helps open up the rest of that, that passing game. Um, it's been exciting to see Briley Moore. We, we've, we haven't had a really good tight end in a very long time. I would say even prior, prior to me, i say Mastrude was probably the, the last time we had a really dangerous uh, pass threat at tight end. Um, so it's exciting to see, it looks like he was having fun, you know, a senior guy, uh, should be should be a good season for him, and him and Skyler looked like they had a good connection already.
2: And that's just what I was going to bring up, Fitzy, Is I'm glad Travis said, Jaron. We've done this the better part of a quarter century now, Fitz. You tell me, a tight end that Bill Snyder had with those tools.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, probably,
2: I don't know that you can come up with one.
1: I might have to go back to Chad Meyer or someone like that. I mean,
2: yeah. it's, I mean his, he, and what's also interesting. And, and Travis can speak to this a little bit more is you can tell right now that his, that Skylar Thompson's security blanket is Briley Moore. It's not Knowles. It's not Taylor. It's probably not YB, you know, young blood who didn't play on Saturday and didn't suit up. That is his security blanket, and there's going to be more that we're going to see from him. I cannot wait to see, you know, him zipping down the seam, and I, I had flashbacks on Saturday. You know, he's, he's not Winston Demmel, but he's a guy you can put in the backfield. But the, the, the pop pass right down the middle of the field or right down – the hash marks, I can see Bradley Moore fitting that role beautifully as the year.
1: Yeah, it's six catches, uh, 54 yards, touchdown, and guys, he didn't get the ball enough in my book. I, I I love throwing to the tight end. I like what it it does to a defense, what it causes them to do as a reaction, uh, and plus, when you got a guy like that, I'm not I'm not trying to compare him to Travis Kelsey, but at the college level, he could probably accomplish some of the same things Kelsey does over the middle and then doing something after the catch. It, it was awfully, awfully fun to watch. And, guys, I think Saturday's game proves something that we've said at Kansas State for a long, long time. There's players everywhere. This kid came from northern Iowa. He's a grad transfer from the FCS level. And he is living proof proof of how good some of those players are at that level, that he can just walk in the door and and supplant a veteran guy like Nick Liners, who in his defense has been very dinged up. Uh, but also, you, you flip that over to the Arkansas State sideline, Jonathan Adams was a two-star recruit. And granted, he was a tall, skinny kid, and now he's a tall brick house. But uh, there's just kids out there that can play and Let's be blunt. Jonathan Adams was the best football player on the field on Saturday, and K-State could not stop him. We'll get into more of that as we take a break here on the Powercat Insiders podcast. We've talked a lot of offense, but how about that defense? There's plenty of topics there.
0: The
2: Powercat podcast will be right back.
0: We now send it back to the PowerCat podcast.
1: Welcome back to the PowerCat Insiders podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Matt Walters, Travis Stanahill We have determined that Ryan Black cannot join us. He's busy. He's on a phone call. That's all right. He'll be back next week. That's like an added treat. Like the start of the season gets good with the three of us, and it gets better when we add catfish in. Next week. We're sponsored by Blue Mark Energy. Blue Mark Energy is a natural gas products and services provider serving feed yards, hospitals, hotels, manufacturers, and school districts throughout the Midwest. And Blue Mark Energy is the natural gas provider for the Kansas State campuses in Manhattan and Salina. You might want to give them a call. Blue Mark Energy, K-State owned and K-State proud. Guys, I mentioned this coming into break. The defense Look, we can complain about the offensive line. People want to complain about Skyler. People want to complain about Harry Trotter. Uh, They want to talk about drops. At the end of the day, Kansas State scored 31 points. And I'm sorry, when you're playing at home, even in that environment, against Arkansas State, 31 should be enough to win the game. They gave up 35 points to this team, which was a well-defined offense. They knew what they wanted to do against Kansas State. But I didn't expect to have this level of concern coming out of this game with Kansas State's defense, but they can't be giving up passes and plays and points like they did on Saturday.
2: Arkansas State went after Ryan Hennington. Uh, You know, Jerome McPherson didn't play. And I think what what surprised me most about the defense was – I think AJ struggled a little bit. Now, again, granted, he didn't put in the bowl game. He hadn't played, you know, in months since he got hurt at the end of, of uh, last year. But I was, I was impressed when I watched Jonathan Adams against Memphis, you know, more than a week ago. And Fitz, you're right. He was the best player on the field, and that is why Fitz, Fitz may not invite me back after what I'm about to say. <laughs> And I love Ryan Wallace, and I love the guys you've had on your staff, but when it comes to recruiting rankings, pay zero attention to them. Um, There are five stars that stink, and there are one stars and no stars that wind up playing in the NFL. Jonathan Adams is a dude, and he has no business telling you he's a dude. And this, again, won't sound right. His dad played at Arkansas State, and his dad had an NFL career. That guy is a power five wide receiver, period, end of sentence, and Arkansas State is unbelievably fortunate to have him wearing red, black, and white because that guy can play. I want him on my team. And and think about this, and Trav can chime in. Think about the difference between Jonathan Adams – And Knowles slash Taylor, Knowles slash Taylor is trying to get there. They're trying to get to that level and they're not quite there yet. And that's why I said a moment ago, the security blanket for Skylar Thompson is Briley Moore because if K-State hits a couple of those long passes to Malik and to Shabaston, K-State wins that ball game. i I'm not sure. I'm not sold that they ran their route. I thought they bent their routes. You can, people will blame Skylar Thompson, but I, I didn't like where those guys got to at the top of their routes. And I think that's why that combination didn't click between Skylar and, and those two on Saturday.
0: Yeah, Matt, I'm with you. And we'll touch on that real quick. Cause I didn't want to sneak that in the show somewhere. I, yeah, I'm with you. I thought, Three, four, five times on some down the field throws, those K State wide receivers broke off when they, you know, Skylar was throwing them open, and and they looked not on the same page. So Skylar's stats don't look great, but I I'm with you. I think a four or five of those receptions um, are on the receiving core, not uh, not Skylar. Um, but jumping back to this Kansas State defense, I mean, the defense almost looked like I felt really bad for that coaching staff because I felt like they were putting the guys. In the right position, and those guys just aren't quite confident enough to go outside of what, where they're supposed to be. I mean, that's when a defense really is great when they're all right. We know our rules; we're supposed to be in this general vicinity. But if I see the ball, I'm gonna go get the ball. And there was a couple times where you know looked like those, those safeties and those defensive backs, and they were just they were playing by the rule book almost too much. And and that's a lack of experience, lack of confidence, not wanting to mess up where when you're a defensive back, I mean, sometimes you just got to go play. And it was like, hey, we got three guys covering a tight end streaking down the field, and we got Jonathan Adams one-on-one on a corner, like, hey, let's help a guy out. And I know that's not necessarily what the definition of the coverage says, um, but let's cheat a little bit and, and let's, let's use our brain and play outside that box a little bit to make sure we're helping our guys out because that's what it looked like to me was just those guys were following the rule book to the T, and they weren't, uh, they weren't playing football.
2: Fitzy, one thing I think happened as well in talking to uh, Justin Hughes after the ball game is I think Arkansas State did a good job of getting him out of the middle of the field. You know, they ran a lot of uh, slants. Um, there was a play where Justin did get back and knock a pass down, but, you know, he commented on that after the game that there was some rust, yeah, but he felt he played pretty well. But Arkansas State was determined to get him moved around because I think they may have felt he was the best defensive player on the field, even though he missed all of last year. Uh, you know, did I expect Arkansas State to get over 400 yards of offense? I did, to be honest, because of how they throw it. What got me was their running attack. Yeah, uh, They sh- they should not be able to run the ball like that on Kansas State. And, you know, kind of like what Trav said is, you know, you felt for the defense. I There were a couple times I felt for Joe Klanderman because – you're in that position now, first-year uh, defensive coordinator, you know, especially late in the game. I was curious to see if K-State was going to dial it up, if they were going to come with some unique blitz, something exotic, something different, you get after uh, the you know the quarterback for Arkansas State. And uh, it's a tough position to be in right out of the shoot. And, you know, this is a defense that's going to get better. I fully expect this defense to play better against Oklahoma. We'll see if they do, uh, but yeah, it was a long day on Saturday for that side of the football.
1: Well, they were just kind of outnumbering K-State to one side of the field. They schematically had K-State in a box where if they had an, uh, if the hat on hat got their jobs done, the running back had no one to tackle them except guys coming across the field. And they, they got to that repeatedly. Um, you know, I, I thought, uh, You know, when you back up and look at the game, I thought Justin Hughes was really good, particularly in the second half. He really seemed to settle in a little bit. But uh, bluntly put, Wyatt Hubert, Travis, has to be more disruptive than he was. And I'm looking at him on that last drive, and he's just kind of dancing with his tackle, and he's really not involved in any of the plays as that uh, Arkansas State team's moving down the field to win the game.
0: Yeah, that was probably my biggest surprise on the defensive side. I mean, I, you know, like Matt said, an Arkansas State team, they're going to throw the ball pretty well. They're going to get some yards and they're going to get put some points up. But I mean, Wyatt Hubert was pretty non-existent other than the personal foul penalty he had. So, um, which was probably a cause of his frustration for, for not being able to get much done. So, um, yeah, I mean, a guy like that, you uh, a defense that's has a lot of work to do, you expect your guys like Wyatt Hubert – um, you know Elijah Sullivan, Justin Hughes. You need those guys to, to play. You know to have to bring their A game because you got a lot of other spots that you're you're more worried about than uh, you know your star defensive ends. So he didn't play great, um, and obviously some room for improvement on that on that front as well.
1: Yeah, the, the defensive line um, they didn't really lose the battle. Uh, you know, I I thought they did okay, but. They got to be better. They just, Matt, they got to be better than what they were because there was no real disruption and guys were able to run their routes and the quarterbacks never felt a degree of discomfort that you need to stop these offenses that want to come at you this way.
2: You know, when you think of Wiley and Huggins and then the newcomers like Robert Hance, Derek Newton, Again, guys that are going to come along, guys that are athletic. uh, From A to Z on this football team, there's more athleticism than there has been. Uh, I I equate this to wide receiver work. K-State hasn't, probably since Tyler Lockett, they haven't had that guy at receiver that is the go-to guy, the playmaker, the guy that you better game plan against because he can beat you. Well, up front, a defensive tackle, Who's the last guy that Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia, Iowa State, whomever, they've had to center a game plan around that guy when we talk about K-State's defensive front. K-State has not been able to put defensive pressure on quarterbacks for, what, six, seven, eight years? And that was problematic on Saturday. And... Um, you know, again, the, re- the recruiting is getting there, but that's, to me, that is another place. K-State's got to find one of those guys. And yeah, they're they're hard to come by, but somebody in the trenches on a defensive line that can take over a game and dominate and require a double team more often than not. What K-State has is good, serviceable. I don't know if it's the next level. I expect them to get better, um, but... Um, you know, in case it's always going to play a lot of guys. So watching that defensive front is going to be you know, critical as this year goes along too.
1: Travis, I headed into the season optimistic about catching Oklahoma early. Um, I'm not that optimistic right now. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I watched some of that Oklahoma game and, you know, folks are playing Missouri state, which is a dreadful team that isn't even really playing this fall. They're just collecting money. They have a home-and-home home series at Central Arkansas that'll really sell the tickets. Um, I, I don't know what to take away from their game, but I know this. Kansas State better have one hell of an off week to get prepared heading into game week with Oklahoma if it wants a chance when it goes to Norman. There are so many holes in this dam to plug. Uh, I wish the coaches the best of luck getting it solved.
0: Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, <clears throat> obviously, always a you know, national powerhouse, let alone a a big 12 powerhouse. And, um, yeah, that, that game, I guess Missouri state was, was impressive. Um, last year, I don't know what, you know, that was the most fun game of the year last year was watching K-State whoop up on OU. Um, we're not going to sneak up on them this year. So I'm sure OU has had this Kansas state game circled, uh, since, since about last January. So we're not going to sneak up on them. We're going to see, uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, they better put a heck of a game plan together. They better uh, roll the dice, you know, probably half a dozen trick plays or so. If you want to get it done. I mean, just realistically, mono, mono, man to man. I mean, we're, we're outnumbered pretty much across every single, um, most of the positions across the board. So it's going to be, um, it's going to be an uphill battle. Not, not saying, you know, there's a reason we play the game, but uh, it, it's going to be a, a tough battle down there in Norman. And uh, it's uh We'll, we'll see
1: how it goes, but I'm not optimistic like you. <laughs> no, it's it's not. Guys, I went into this game with Arkansas State almost with the vibe that it was a preseason NFL game. But it counts. It counts. I mean, there's no denying that. Uh, but I, I don't know what tangible impact it has going forward other than the fact that we got to see that there are some issues with this team. Um for me, this season really is about comparing yourself to other Big 12 teams. Get into Big 12 and see what happens. But even then, I have this feeling about this season. At the end of the year, there'll be one team that thinks it was a legitimate season, and that's the team that won the national title. And everyone else will say, ah, it was a pandemic. We, You know, there was it didn't count. stuff. It didn't count. Uh, but. The chance of this team carrying this Arkansas State game forward, Matt, just seems nominal to me. I think they're just going to reset, regroup, and they're going to be so focused on the things they see they did wrong uh, that now it's really about Big 12 play. And even if they lose at Oklahoma, this team still can have a good season. There are offensive weapons. There are defensive weapons. They just need to get pulled together a lot better.
2: And you don't know if they're going to be available every week with COVID with injuries, uh, I equate 2020 as this for, for this coaching staff, they can do a lot of things. Maybe they normally don't do, but they also can, they're going to get a lot of guys, but they're going to see a lot of things. They might not normally see this. It's like golf in terms of you get a mulligan, you know, this, yeah, it, it counts. Guys don't lose eligibility. It counts because what Kansas State can turn into in year two of Chris Kleiman is, you know, is very, to me, is impressive what they can do. They're they're recruiting at a high level. Um, You know, they've they've got the buzz there. But now can they make guys better in a year that, you know, overall doesn't count, but, um, you know, to me, behind the scenes, it counts. And I think that's how K-State – Will um, will come out. They, you know, they could get their doors blown off at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I hope Oklahoma is thinking, bad, you know, okay, yeah, Case they beat us last year, but man, they just got they got beat by Arkansas State." You know, we, we can look down the road. It's it's at home. We got this. No big deal. I hope they have that attitude. Not the Case they will go in and win, but. You, know, you think about the times where K-State's been an underdog. They've gone into Norman. They've played pretty well for a long time. K-State played Oklahoma better in Norman than they did at home. Um, and I, I just, I just, I like, as odd as this sounds, what 2020 presents this football program because if guys can stay away from COVID and can stay healthy, they're going to get some unbelievably valuable work in that's going to pay dividends down the road. You don't see it now. You're not at practice every day, but man, I'm telling you, when you talk about spring ball, hoping there is spring ball in 21, I think this is going to become an advanced football team as we move through the fall and into 2021.
1: Trav, um, if you were a senior on this team, let's go back to your senior season. And they said, Hey, your eligibility didn't count. Do you want to play next year? Would you have, and do you think some guys will come back for an extra senior year?
0: I mean, looking back, yeah, I definitely would have. Um, In the moment would I have, well, uh, I think there's a lot of guys that have that NFL dream. um, And I was one of those guys. So I think that's going to be, you know, if you're a borderline guy, like I was, um, you might be tempted to go chase that NFL dream. Um, But, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, yeah, if you're a top three draft pick, yeah, get that out of here, go make some money. You got your degree, um, but for those borderline guys, that'll be that'll be interesting to watch unfold. And then, obviously, the guys that really don't have a shot at the NFL. I mean, shoot, take it all, take it, enjoy football as long as you can, because once it's gone, um, there's there, there's nothing you, you can't duplicate it, and it's it's a it's something that you definitely miss um real quick matt i did want to ask you one question um sorry to throw in right. a question here Fitz, but how how much of effect did you think um arkansas state without you know them already having a game under their belt if kansas state already had a game under their belt i think kansas state probably wins that ball game i thought there was a lot of rust that got shaken off how critical um do you think that was for the outcome of this game just not having Uh, Kansas State obviously being the home opener, and Arkansas State already having one game under their
2: belt. Very critical. Uh, I think Arkansas State looked like the relaxed football team. I thought they looked like the comfortable football team. Um, You know, they had a game plan. They knew that they could come into K-State and win, and they did. But I think that's, um, you know, that was a a good foundation for them. They didn't play – you know, they didn't play Truman State. They didn't play Northeastern State. They didn't play, you know, a Humpty in their first game. They played Memphis. And I'll be honest, I thought K-State was would be better than Memphis. Um, but they looked like they knew they were going to make plays, Travis, and they did make plays. And i tell you what, you, you have to salute their head coach. Think about the guys that spent one year as head coach at Arkansas State. And where they are now and Blake Anderson is still there. The guy can coach and they, they, that's a hot spot for division one transfers and kudos to them, man. They've been, they've been tearing it up for years. And then in case they got the, got that, but there was no doubt in my mind when they started that last drive, Travis, did you think Arkansas state was going to win the game?
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and why? Yep. And they, um, they, the whole the whole second half. I didn't. I had very very little confidence. Yeah. I was just like, we're gonna lose this game. They look like the better team. They've got the momentum. they're playing with more emotion. I was like, we did not. Kansas State does not deserve to win this game. And it just felt like uh, you know an upset ripe to happen that second and half.
2: You knew exactly where the football was gonna go in yep. case they couldn't get it stopped. And that's what guys. If you if you boil a lot of the water out of it. Come out of halftime, Chris Klein said to me, one of the things he said to me is, we are not making one-on-one plays. In case they didn't make one-on-one plays, really for the, the entirety of the 60 minutes, Arkansas State did. That's why they won the game. Yep.
1: Very good. They are the insiders. That's Matt Walters and Travis Tannehill. I'm Tim Fitzgerald. We appreciate you joining us this week as uh, we were a man down. Uh, Ryan Black will be back next week with... Uh, what was his segment there, Matt, that we had last year? Catfish is, I don't know, his stupid I just, It's
2: stupid cat, story. It's catfish. He uh-huh. had a rant. He had a rant. Oh, he had way. the
1: rant. We need to get that sold. You know, we need like a, a sponsor just for the rant.
2: We need a, a um, what's the word? It just escaped me. Um, a marina. We need a marina total or a Milford or. Somewhere to sponsor the Catfish Ranch.
1: I like it. (laughs) I like it. Well, we will convene every Monday from now until the end of basketball. If we have basketball, so many questions about this sports season still loom ahead, but – K-State did play a football game, not well, but they did get one in the books, a 35-31 loss to Arkansas State. A week off, we will not take it off on Monday. We'll come up with some topics to talk about as the Cats prepare to go to Norman, Oklahoma in a couple Saturdays and return to that big noon Fox slot and maybe acquit themselves a little bit better. Thanks, boys. Appreciate you joining us.
2: See you next week.
0: PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing.
2: The hit Paramount Plus original docuseries returns.
0: The last
1: time I saw Max, he looked at us laughing and then everything
0: changed in a blink of an eye.
2: My feeling as a detective is that he was murdered. Yahoo Entertainment calls it a spine-chilling docuseries showcasing real-life tragedies. What
0: about with your child who went missing? We need
2: to know the truth. Never Seen Again, now streaming on Paramount+. Plus.